Halakutasichas, volume 20, the first Sicha untoldot. The name of this article is Facial Expressions. Our Pasha begins with, and these are the offspring of Isaac, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac. And Rashi explains, quoting the words, Abraham begot Isaac, and he says, Since scriptures wrote Isaac, the son of Abraham, it had to say, Abraham begot Isaac. Because the scorners of the generation were saying that Sarah had conceived from Abimelech, for she had lived with Abraham for many years and had not conceived from him. So what did the Holy One, blessed be he, do? He shaped the features of Isaac's face to resemble Abraham's. And everyone attested that Abraham had begotten Isaac. This is the meaning of what is written here, Isaac, the son of Abraham, for there is testimony that Abraham begot Isaac. Okay, that's the end of Rashi. By the usual language of this teaching of our sages being in a question and answer form, what did the Holy One, blessed be he, do? And then going on to answer, he shaped the, so forth. It is apparent that we are being told that there is something unique about he shaped the features of Isaac's face to resemble Abraham's. Hence, we need to understand what is so unique when it is actually quite natural for a son to look like his father. We can glean insight into this uniqueness by connecting it with yet another statement of our sages of the uniqueness concerning certain actions of God. It says, it is as difficult as the splitting of the sea of reeds. What is the meaning of difficult? We're talking about God. What is the meaning of difficult concerning the splitting of the sea of reeds? Which Tanya actually explains to be a far inferior wonder to that of the creation of heaven and earth. The explanation is that the difficulty of the splitting of the sea of reeds lay in its being the coexistence of antithetical concepts. And that's what we say, and God shall plague Egypt, plaguing and healing. And which Zohar explains at the very moment of plaguing to the Egyptians, which in truly there, and with it truly there was healing to Israel. For if there were, would have been not the splitting, then the Egyptians would not have entered. And at the moment that they entered, the attribute of judgment complained, in what way are these different than these? These, the Egyptians, are idol worship, and these, the Israel, are idol worshippers. And therefore, the Zohar says, it was difficult before him to override the ways of judgment. Now, Abraham, Isaac, too, were antithetical. And Abraham being, quoting a verse from Isaiah, Abraham who loved me. And Isaac being, quoting a verse from Genesis, the awe of Isaac. Meaning that Abraham was a chariot to the supernal attribute of kindness. Which is why Abraham's primary service to God was one of acts of kindness. Shining upon all benevolence from above to below. While Isaac was a chariot to the supernal attribute of strength, meaning justice, strictness. Which is why Isaac's primary service to God was well digging, uncovering the coverings and revealing the living water coming forth from below to above. This is also the reason as to why the quote came forth from him, end quote. Meaning, what does it mean when we say came forth from Abraham or came forth from Isaac? Over here we mean a nurturing for the husk impurity. So that of Abraham and Isaac was different, in which Abraham came forth from Yishmol. 
while his came forth was Yishmael, and kindness of impurity, while from Isaac came forth Esau, strictness of impurity. This is one of the reasons why the verse had to testify that Isaac, the son of Abraham, and that Isaac, and that Abraham begot um, Isaac for seemingly one, being that that it's, it is only since Scripture wrote Isaac, the son of Abraham. It had to say Abraham begot Isaac. Then why say Isaac, the son of Abraham at all, when we already know this from previous Torah portions? And B, why is the Torah dealing with the, the scorners of the generations we're saying here and not in the portion in which we are told of the birth of Isaac? However, now we understand that when our verses states, and these are the offspring of Isaac, meaning that this is coming in connection, and in connection with the previous portions telling us of Yishmael. Therefore, being that Yishmael is also an offspring of Abraham, and even more so, seemingly Yishmael is more connected to Abraham, being that Yishmael is a life of kindness, or bite of impurity, being that Yishmael was but the came forth from Abraham, but of kindness nonetheless, while Isaac was of strictness, the antithesis of kindness. Therefore, the Torah has to testify that Isaac, the son of Abraham, and even more than this, that it was Abraham begot Isaac, that it is Isaac who is the primary continuance of Abraham, as the verse in Genesis states, for in Isaac will be called your seed. This also explains as to why the Torah deals with the scorners of the generation we're saying only here in our Torah portion. For it is only once we are learning that the came forth from him of Isaac is Esau, the strictness of impurity, and we learn that the primary service of Isaac is well digging, drawing forth from the below to above, that we have that which the scorners of the generations were saying, gaining momentum, and thus has to be dealt with. Thus we can understand the difficulty of he shaped the features of Isaac's face to resemble Abraham's. That which it is natural for a son's appearance to resemble that of his father is because he is of his father's genetics and father's soul. Hence, the son in body and in temperament is similar to his father. However, being that Abraham's and Isaac's temperaments were opposites, and hence their minds and paradigms were opposites, thus their faces should have been opposites, in which Abraham's face would be one of a shining countenance of benevolence, and Isaac's face being stern. Thus, the question of, what did the Holy One, blessed be he, do? Being that naturally, their faces should have been of different of it being different. Nevertheless, being that the scorners of the generation were saying, therefore the Holy One, blessed be He, meaning contrary to the ways of nature, shaped the features of Isaac's face to resemble Abraham's. Spiritually speaking, which is the source and reason for the physical resemblance, the resemblance is due to Isaac's strength was the continuance and outcome of Abraham's kindness. And Abraham begot Isaac. And here it is more than just kindness being the cause for the strictness, being that kindness wants to be digestible and constructive for its recipient, and this is possible only through the power of strictness and, con and contraction. 
Take, for example, rain. The ground receiving water is an act of kindness. However, if the act of strictness on which the waters are contracted into tiny droplets, the waters would be overbearing and destructive. Hence, kindness demands that it be processed through strictness in order that in the end of being an act of kindness. So it's not just that. Rather, even more than this, with Isaac, we're speaking of the strength itself being of revealed kindness, meaning that it is Isaac's strength that brings about the kindness of Abraham being in a flow of abundance, such as the terminology might of the rains. And, and as to why it is specifically by Isaac that it states in Joshua and multiplied his seeds and gave him Isaac. Our sages use the language hereof and everyone testified and then repeated by Rashi again because there is testimony. The language testified, testimony instead of just and everyone knew that Abraham begot Isaac. The reason is because testimony is not neither not needed for neither that which is already revealed nor for that which stands to be revealed. Testimony is only for that which is hidden and hence needs to be testified upon. Spiritually speaking, this refers to God's essence infinite light which transcends beyond the order of revolutions linear finite light which is already revealed and and also even the circular infinite light which stands to be revealed. Therefore, being that we are speaking here of the unique and difficult act of God in unifying antithetical attributes of kindness and strictness, which within the lights of the order of evolution is n- evolution is not possible as they stand diametrically opposed of each other. And henceforth, this demands the essence infinite light which needs to be testified upon. Now, lesson number one. Being that Abraham and Isaac are both of our three forefathers, called so because they have each inherited upon each and every Jew their dynamic and form of service to God, including that of the features of Isaac's face to resemble Abraham's, thus it is within the capacity of each and every one of us to also serve God in the fashion of unifying antithetical attributes of kindness and strictness. Meaning that while this is not possible in any other area of our life, which is confined within the ways of nature, it is possible for us in our service to God. This is the service of, which Tanya says, quoting the Zohar, weeping is lodged in one side of my heart and joy is lodged in the other, in which one has both a love and a fear of God. However, within the service of weeping is lodged in one side of my heart and joy is lodged in the other itself, there are two forms. A. Thursday night one has weeping in the law is lodged in one side over the exile of his soul of God and of Israel. And on Shabbat one has joy is lodged in the other. B. The more difficult service is feeling the bitterness and the joy simultaneously. And being an offspring of our forefathers, we can perform the latter form of service to God as well. Lesson number two. God could have had Abraham's appearance to be all along from Abraham's birth aligned to Isaac's appearance of strictness. Yet God had Isaac's appearance aligned with Abraham's appearance of kindness. 
The lesson to each of us is that whenever there arises a doubt whether we should engage in the service of God in the form of kindness or of strictness, we are to choose the path of kindness. As we are taught in Tanya, quote, even those who are far from God's Torah and his service, even those one must attract with strong cords of love. And perhaps thereby one will be able, after all, to draw them close to the Torah and the service of God. And even if one fails in this, he has not forfeited the merit of the mitzvah of neighborly love. Now, in Chassidus, our Torah portion is always read either on the Shabbat of Rosh Chodesh Kislev or the Shabbat in which we bless the month of Kislev and is therefore connected with the redemptive month of Kislev in which the founder of Chabad, Rabbi Shneer Zaman of Liadi, the Alter Rebbe, was liberated from the Tsar's prison on the 19th day of Kislev. Now, on this day, the 19th day of Kislev, the work of, quote, when your wellsprings will spread forth to the outside, meaning that Mashiach was telling the Baal Shem Tov, that's when his wellsprings will sport of Hasidus, teachings of Hasidus will, sport to, will spread forth to the outside, began. Thus, we find the correlation and lesson of the response of the essence infinite light which needs to be testified upon, overriding the laws of nature in order to the scorners of the generations were saying with the when where your wellsprings will spread forth to the outside. Now, how is that? Within the Torah, there is the revealed Torah and the secrets of the Torah hidden and, need that, and needed to be testified upon. Thus, the Alter Rebbe brought the teachings of the hidden Torah into our intellectual grasp to the point that Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak of Lubavitch explained that one is to study the Hasidus, the hidden Torah, in the same manner with which he studies the Talmud, revealed Torah. And together with this, we are to spread these wellsprings to the outside, to the farthest point of any spiritual outside that there is. Now, even concerning but to spreading the revealed Torah to the outside, we are taught the verse of Psalms, but to the wicked man God said, for what reason do you recount my statutes and bring up my covenant on your mouth? And how much more so of the hidden Torah, which is in the realm of Isaac's strictness and concealment. So how are we saying that we have to spread this forth to the outside? Nevertheless, we have the lesson to transform the face of Isaac's strictness to be in the appearance, kindness of Abraham. Even far more than this, when it comes to saving a Jew whose soul is sourced in God's essence. The altar, direct, the altar Rebbe directs us with a parable of a prince, which is every Jew, falling sick, means he's in the outside, who can be saved only with grinding up and spoon feeding, meaning spreading forth, him the central gem, which is Hasidus, the hidden teachings, of the king, which is God, crown, the Torah. To which the king, God, agrees even when there is doubt whether the prince is even capable of swallowing any of it, meaning he's at the furthest point of outside. And by doing so, we shall have that master, meaning Mashiach, is coming immediately in our days.